0: If you don't love what you do you're not going to put 100 of yourself into it and you're going to lose to someone who does
1: hey babe welcome to the sales and social podcast i'm so freaking excited that you are here with me today are you ready to simplify your sales and learn to sell in a way that feels good but also brings you in more consistent cash if you find yourself feeling like you're doing all the things on social media but it's not converting you feel like you have inconsistent cash months but you desire more reoccurring revenue and you just wanna sell in a way that feels good without feeling salesy and also have a lot of fun on your journey to entrepreneurship, you are in the right place. Hey, I'm Jillian, I'm your sales queen and your soon to be podcast BFF. 22 years in the corporate sales space, losing my job during the pandemic, having no freaking idea what I was going to do, but knowing that I had a God given talent for sales, I quickly shifted to the online space where I have not only been able to grow my own personal business from zero to 500K In just 18 months, with nothing more than a Zoom link, a paper planner, and a whiteboard, I've helped hundreds and hundreds of others scale their businesses and explode their sales. So grab your beverage of choice, a pen and a paper, if you're anything like me, and let's dive into today's juicy episode what's up guys welcome back to the podcast i am so excited we have jeff fenster on the show today you guys know i've been sharing out his content and i'm absolutely obsessed with everything that he does and also like you guys know i'm like the world's biggest michael jordan fan and i just pulled up him on today and he also has a jordan jersey in the back so this is going to be such a great episode jeff welcome to the show tell my audience who you are and what you do
0: well first off thank you for having me i'm a big fan of you and your show so it's an honor and privilege to be here and thank you for letting me have the opportunity to come on um but yeah i'm jeff finster i'm a father girl dad of two um serial entrepreneur basically i like to solve problems um sold a few companies run a few companies but i like to disrupt markets and i do it on the backbone of vertical integration relationship capital and a success formula that i have figured out that's duplicative so i can do it again and again i think experience is the most overrated prerequisite to being successful or starting a company It's all about understanding the process and the formula. And once you do that and you can uh, keep applying it, you get the results you want. So I'm, I'm really focused on that. And then it's all about making friends and having fun.
1: Yeah, I absolutely love that. When you actually came in and spoke at our mastermind with Chris Harder, um, I knew that we were going to be friends when you started talking about relationship capital, because it's actually something that I talk about all the time on the show. It's something that I have learned with 26 years of sales experience. And I think that people totally underestimate the importance of building really strong relationships. And then also just waiting to see like where they're going to go and not having like a predetermined agenda of it. So like, let's just talk about where relationship as capital has gotten you in your life, in your business.
0: I mean, truthfully, it's gotten me everywhere. Um, I'm not standing here with you and having this opportunity, but for my relationship capital, um, you know, I've attribute probably 85 to 90% of all of my wealth generation over the course of my life to relationship capital. I met my wife through relationship capital. Um mm-hmm you know, so I wouldn't have my kids without relationship capital. And I think people don't, like you said, I don't think they really appreciate and understand how important it is that who you know dictates everything. Mm -hmm. Um, We all think about it as networking and kind of get a referral, but that's just so small minded and so narrowly focused on what relationship capital actually does and is. But relationship, I mean, you think about the world, there's about 8 billion people Mm -hmm. and we probably know a couple hundred by name and we probably know about 50 intimately or somewhat intimately and we know about five like family right so when you start to understand that every single person you can add to that list that actually knows about you cares about you thinks about you in any way shape or form it's huge and the more people you have out there you know my friends jokingly always say I have fenced or luck because things just fall in my lap but the truth is it's not luck but it is luck I foster relationships and I curate them and very specifically so these people that I've invested my effort and energy into building a relationship with, go out into the world and are thinking positively about me, my family, my companies, my interests, my hobbies, etc. And if they can align anything that they see in the world to something that may help me, they want to do it. And so then that lucky thing happens and it happens again and again and again. And it's because I'm focused on relationship capital. And it's so important that I mean, that was the that's my, what my book's about. That was what my first course with LinkedIn was about. And it's it's solely because I get asked so often, you know, people see the results of, and I'm air quoting, if you can't see me, success. But they always say, hey, how can I make money? Or how can I be successful? You know, I'm an entrepreneur, so they ask me about business. And I always say, well, it's all about your relationships. It's not nothing to do with what you know. I don't need to know how to do something if I have if I know somebody who can do it. I don't need to know how to get somewhere if I know somebody who knows how to get there. So who you know is the prerequisite to all of that success unless you are a beyond genius your elon musk or your mark zuckerberg or your bill gates and you can go code your own way there more power to you but the majority of us aren't and so who you know dictates your net worth and that's why there's that cliche your network is your net worth
1: yeah i could not agree with that more you know i got into sales when i was 19 years old and i worked myself up very successfully to the top and then i you know i left after 26 years And it is literally now, even to this day, I'm still getting called back to do trainings and things like that. And it's because of who I knew and the relationships that I actually built through that. And I'm not the world's greatest salesperson. I'm not the world's greatest sales trainer, but I have had the opportunities that I've had to be in front of some of the biggest players and some of the best places Because of the people and the relationships that I've actually built in front of that. And I think the other thing that's really important to this, I think people forget, is that just because I'm not in some of those organizations anymore, I still foster the relationships. I don't burn bridges when I actually leave them. So when I actually left corporate, I still foster all of those relationships. And just recently, I was actually asked to speak inside of a magazine. And it was because of the relationship that I kept, even after I left. And I think so often, People like shut different chapters of their life. Like, oh, I'm out of corporate now or I'm out of college now or I don't talk to those friends anymore or I'm not on that basketball team anymore. And they forget that like, those are all just relationship capital that you can continue to build even if you're not in that season of life anymore.
0: Couldn't agree more. You know, I don't do transactional sales, even though like you, my background's in sales. I'm a relationship-based salesperson, which Mm -hmm. means I'm building a relationship. I use solution-based practices to find solutions to your challenges. And I don't want to sell something to you one time I wanna solve your problems over and over and over again and do life with you and do business with you. And together we will all grow. And if I can continuously do that like you have, burning bridges is the dumbest thing people do. It's so short-sighted and you're not realizing the longevity and the lifetime value of humans. And when you start to understand it, it compounds. And so if you don't have the success you want, you don't have the wealth generation you want, you don't have the opportunities you want, I'm gonna challenge you if you're listening to really change your paradigm, your focus, your attention to curating and creating these relationships with everybody. Don't worry about if you don't realize how that person's gonna help you. It doesn't matter because everybody is somebody's brother, sister, aunt, cousin, friend, uncle, et cetera, everybody. And I've gotten some of my biggest deals from people that on the surface have no immediate or intrinsic value to me and my business and my life. They're not even in my industry, but they know somebody Who needs my services or my help they know somebody who can open doors for me or my family they know somebody who can give me a shortcut to get to where i'm trying to go in that domain expertise so that's the challenge and if everyone goes into 2024 with that mindset i think you're going to start to realize it and see it because the abundance of opportunities wealth enjoyment and things that are just start falling in your lap and then you'll also be known as the lucky one in your circle
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also just like not going in of like what people can do for you. It's like, how can you actually serve people? Like, how can you solve them? How can you introduce other people to other people and be a resource for them? And then they're always going to come back to you. So I absolutely love that. One of the things that you actually talked about when you came in and talked in our mastermind, and I actually loved it because I actually come from 26 years of distribution sales. And you were talking about why a lot of restaurants fail. And it was because like they're really great chefs, but they're actually terrible business owners. And I know this firsthand because I called on chefs for 23 of my 26 years and like you're really fucking terrible business owners. You're just really good at making like whatever your specialty is. And I think that this is really true in the entrepreneurial space is that a lot of people think that they're like, really great business owners but really they're not they're just really good at their craft yep. but they're really afraid to like raise their hand and say like I'm not really good at this and I need to hire someone else whether that's a CEO or the Michael Jordan of the basketball court or whatever but I think that everyone tries to be like the best of the best and I know you talk about this in the mastermind but it's like I know you always say you don't want to be the smartest guy in your organization so like let's talk about that today on the podcast.
0: Yeah. I want to be the dumbest guy in the room. If I'm building a team, I want to be the worst player on my team. And and most people say, no, I want to be the best player on my team. And that's your ego. I mean, yes, I want to be the best because I want to pride myself on trying to be the best Jeff I can be. But my dad used to always say something to me. And um, it took me about a decade of hearing him say it to finally sink in. And he used to always say, Jeff, would you rather be right? Or would you rather win? Mm -hmm. And when you really think about that, if you want to win and you want to be on the best team possible, Well, yeah, I want to be Michael Jordan, but what if Michael Jordan had someone better than Michael Jordan on his team? Mm -hmm. If I'm Michael Jordan, I want someone better than me because we are unstoppable if you're a team filled of Michael Jordans, to use the Michael Jordan analogy, right? Mm -hmm. And if I'm the worst player on the team and I know what I'm going to bring and I'm going to continue to Kaizen my way to get better and better and better and give 100% and do all the things I'm going to do, our team is going to be unbelievable. and We're going to win. And I like to win. So, (laughs) I don't need all the accolades. I don't need all of the notoriety. I mean, if you're a leader of your organization, fun fact, if your company wins, you're going to get all that, even if you deserve it or not. Um, So for entrepreneurs out there who are saying, well, wait, I want to get the credit. You don't need to get the immediacy of the credit. Hire incredible people. Allow them to be great. Empower them and provide them the resources they need to be great. Mm -hmm. And stand back and support them and watch how far and how fast you get there. And then all the accolades come.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just recently hired a CEO in my business. And I was the first one to raise my hand and say, I actually don't know this. And I actually need someone to get me there. And I'm willing to like step out of the way to let them lead me to the championship, the national championship, whatever it was. And I think that that is actually more powerful as a leader. And as someone who's running an organization, than trying to actually figure it out on your own. I think that's I think a lot of people aren't willing to put their ego aside and be like, no, I actually don't know the best way to get there. But like, Again, like you kind of said in the thing, it's like I wanted Michael Jordan on my team. I want to give him the ball. I want to stand back and be like, let him actually do it for me.
0: Yeah. And ask him, what, what do you need, Mike? Like, yeah. My job as the CEO, Like I think people fail to realize if you're an entrepreneur and it's your company, your job title might say CEO, but what you really are is the person who's there to support and provide the resources that everyone needs. If it's capital, I'm going to go get you capital. If it's more team members, I'm going to get you team members. If it's director of high fives and hugs, I'll be the director of high fives and hugs. I don't care what I do. I want to win. I'm here to bring the entire team. And I want to bring in the best of the best at every single element and to attract the Michael Jordans, your ego is going to keep them from coming. So if you're like, well, that sounds great, Jeff, I can't get those people it's because you have some blockage in your organization. You don't let them be them. Great superstars. When I was a sales rep, for ADP, my only job I ever had, six months, I assure you, if you tried to tell me how to sell, I'm out because yeah. I was the best selling my way. Yeah. So get out of my way and let me sell. And that's why I used to tell my manager, like, I don't yep. need to do these little meetings. Like, let me just go sell and bring you the same
1: name. way. I was like, I'm not going to another sales meeting. Like every time you have me in a meeting, you're keeping me from selling. So that's let right. me just go out and do my thing. And as soon as my numbers fail, then you can call me into your meeting. But until then, just let me go out and do my thing, my own way. Let exactly. me do it. And let me bring you guys in more money.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Same thing. Yeah, and that's yeah, true. It's true for your CFO, your CMO, your VP levels, your director levels. Maybe the junior levels need a lot more handholding, micromanagement and structure. But as you start to get to the leadership level, you've got to let leaders lead. And if you're hiring people that can't do it, you're hiring the wrong people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you have like an incredible success formula that you talk about a lot. I would love for you to walk my audience through today what that actually is.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, it's five steps. Number one is make friends and have fun. That's the relationship capital piece and making sure that you really love what you're doing. If you don't love what you do, you're not gonna put 100% of yourself into it and you're gonna lose to someone who does. So you gotta find an area of life that you like, whatever that is. And it doesn't have to be the craft. Like we go back to, like I said, I'm in the restaurant space. I don't love restaurants, but I love scaling and starting businesses, the startup phase. So for me, that's the part I love. And then I make friends and I build my relationship capital. Number two, it's about taking immediate, decisive action. I see too many people sitting there with great ideas, And they're stuck in that analysis paralysis they're stuck waiting for the perfect time they're stuck waiting to see until they develop the skills necessary or the money saved up to do it take immediate decisive action do one thing today to move towards that target that goal do it now when you do that things start to open up the world starts to provide you the resources abundance and just-in-time learning happens number three is kaizen the idea to get one percent better every day We're afraid to be bad at things. I'm very bad at lots of things, but I'm priding myself on getting 1% better every single day. And it's not a matter of if now, it's a matter of when I become mastery level at something. And it may take me longer than you because you have more aptitude, you have more skill. I don't care, I'm not competing with you. I'm competing with the Jeff of yesterday and I need to beat his ass every single day. And to do that, I gotta get 1% better. So you set micro goals. What do I need to do today to get a little bit better at whatever it is? You're working on your health and wellness, pick a target. You're working on your financials pick a target you're working on a new language commit to a time like whatever it is you're doing one percent better every single day number four is the idea of being remarkable and to me the definition of being remarkable is did i give 100 of my best effort into whatever it is i'm doing so i'm on this podcast with you am i distracted thinking about eight other things or am I a hundred percent committed to right now being with you in your audience and doing the best i can in the moment it may not be as good as i'll be tomorrow and i hope it's not But it better be more than i did yesterday and if i do that with hundred percent of my best effort i'm remarkable and on the path to remarkability you sometimes hit perfect you never hit perfect if you're aiming for it so try to strive for remarkability and then the last one is to be change ready and that idea is that the world's always changing and so often we get so stuck in how we do things this is the way i do it i'm not open to learning new ideas That is a very dangerous thing. You can think of so many companies like the blockbusters of the world, the Radio Shacks, the Sears, the Circuit Cities, if you're old enough like me. um, I am. Yeah. I mean, if you're in your 40s, you know these brands um, that they didn't change when the world said it's time to change. And with AI and with technology and with work from home and with the internet and with just the way the world evolves and adapts regularly, you've got to always be cognizant of that and be ready to change. Whether it's new information comes out on health and wellness, whether it's new information on parenting, whether it's new information on um, productivity, it doesn't really matter, whatever it is. And then you get a little nervous, like, well, shoot, I don't know what to do now. AI's here. How am I going to pivot? Well, start back to number one, make friends and have fun. So if you have a good network, they can help under- educate you in the areas that you don't know. You're having fun, so you get to learn. Number two, take immediate, decisive action. One step towards adopting AI into your business. Number three, Kaizen your way there till you get to the point where you have mastery. Strive for remarkability and give 100% of your best effort and be cognizant if you have to change again. And if you follow that formula, I assure you, success is a given. It's a matter of when, not if. And I've done it across multiple companies. I do it with health and wellness. I I mean, listen, I'm not perfect because I don't aim to be perfect, but I assure you, I give my best every day. I'm remarkable at it. And I'm a living proof that the results of that formula work. And so if you don't have a formula for success, take mine and make it your own. I don't, I'm, you know, I don't care. It's just, it's something that has allowed me to curate success time and time again across different industries, different different ways. And so if I can share that with you and your audience, I think it's important because so often I think people don't have that formula to be successful. They have the want, they have the desire, they have the goals, they have the dreams, they have the aspirations, but they don't have the actual How do I do it? And so this formula is a process that will allow you to get there.
1: You guys, I say this a lot on the podcast. We have people on here that drop like million dollar mic drop moments. That was a million dollar mic drop moment. Go back, listen to that again, write it down, listen to it, bookmark it and literally implement and integrate it. Because that wasn't just like some like fluffy thing that he walked through. Like he literally walked you through step by step. So again, that was a million dollar mic drop moment, probably even more. Definitely go back and listen to that again. So there's two things that you said before we wrap up this podcast that you said just in time learning. And I know that I've heard you say this many times. What is just in time learning?
0: So just in time learning is you learn what you need to know just in time. And so you think, well, I don't know how to do something. I don't know. Hey, I I want to. I want to start a new company and i'm working in corporate well i don't know anything about it so i'm not going to do anything until i figure out how to do it all and it's just you're not going to know how to do it all until you do it unfortunately life doesn't work like that as they say life gives you the test first and the lesson later and that's just the reality of how the world actually works i can tell you in a book how to swim but until you're thrown in the water and feel what it feels like to be drowning or not you just don't know books don't teach you that stuff so what you have to do is sure You need to commit and say, okay, I'm going to learn how to swim. I'm going to read some information and then I'm going to get in the damn pool. And when you get in the pool, just in time, you're going to be like, oh, this is what that lesson that I learned about is there. Mm -hmm. Just in time learning is understanding that when the information you need that you've probably have absorbed, you just don't know yet because you don't have the experience. When you're living the experience, all that will come together and you will just in time understand like, oh, that's how it's supposed to go. Oh, I get it now. And it happens because you've taken that action and you've done the, the information gathering and you're a student and you're trying to get better. When you do those things, you will learn what you need to know just in time. And so don't sit on the sideline waiting to understand. I, you know, I talked to so many entrepreneurs that are saying, you know, when I feel ready or when I get there, and it's like, you're never going to get there watching other people do it. You just yeah, won't. And, it's and so I, I can't stress that enough. You just will not get there. Jump in the damn pool, start swimming. I promise you just in time, you'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, I love that. And the other thing that you said that I think is going to be really good for my audience we have a lot of moms that listen to this podcast. We have a lot of dads that listen to this podcast. And you said, you know, where I'm at is where I'm really present. And one of the things that I always say is like, where my feet are is where I really want to be. So for you, someone who's, you know, uber successful doing all the things, how do you stay really focused on the one thing in front of you at all times? And how are you managing it all?
0: Well, I I truly do that. Like I'm here with you. My phone's not in front of me. I don't have eight windows open. I'm 100% committed to the show and you. Soon as it's done, whatever's next on my agenda for the day, I'm 100% committed to. And when I'm with my kids, I'm 100% committed to them. When I'm with my family, I'm with them. When I'm with my friends, I'm with them. And so, how you juggle it all is, I don't. I'm 100% into the thing I'm in. I'm just a student of my calendar. So I schedule things. I even schedule time with it's family time. I have to schedule it. I mean. You may. Some people say, "Hey, isn't that a little too structured?" And I'm not a structured guy. If you look at me, like I do a million different things. But if I don't devote and commit the time to it, then I'm not going to give it to it. And the challenge for a guy like me is, I love everything I do. Yeah. So I don't wait for. Oh, is it five o'clock yet? I love what I'm doing for work, so I can blink and it could be eleven o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and I'm fine because I love it. And if I'm with my kids, I love it. I'm not like, oh my god, are they going to bed soon, or is it? The, you know, it's just not like that. So. The key is to be in the present moment and say, what am I doing? If, if you find yourself monkey braining it somewhere else, either A, it's time to stop doing what you're doing because you wanna be somewhere else. And so it goes back to having fun. If you don't love what you're doing, you're gonna monkey brain it around. And so mm-hmm. you wanna live a life where you're only doing the things you wanna do. And that doesn't mean there aren't mundane tasks that I have to do that I don't enjoy. I just understand why I'm doing them because it's it's part of the process towards my bigger goals and what I really love, right? And so it's about being in the moment. And if you can be in the moment, if you can train yourself, even if it's tough at first because you're not used to it, it's a muscle like anything else. It's a skill. You practice that skill and you say, "Okay, am I being remarkable? Am I 100 percent involved in whatever the hell I'm doing right now? If I'm reading a book, am I reading it or am I thinking about six other things? And I just realized I went three pages and I don't even remember what I read. Put the book, down. you shouldn't be reading right now.
1: Yeah, that's in the areas, you know, that's so good. Speaking of books, what is your book and where can people find it?
0: it's relationship bank account uh you can get it on amazon it's all about relationship capital and how i curated it you know and do it it's a really it's a how to it's not a fluff book it's not going to win a you know one of those prizes for one of the best pieces of literature ever but
1: I make you some money though right
0: I mean i don't even it's not even priced to make me money What it was actually was I got hired by LinkedIn to do a course for them on LinkedIn learning. So I have a course with LinkedIn learning. And then a publisher said, hey, we should turn this into a book. And it's because not enough people understand how to do it. And, you know, I've had the privilege of working with some of the biggest names in the space. And I partners with, you know, huge names I can name drop all day long. And it's fine, you know, from the Shaquille O'Neal's to the Gary Vaynerchuk's to everybody in between are my partners and I do business with. And they all say, how, 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 how. But those names are exciting. But really? The best part of our relationship capital is my president at Everpool, my COO at Everpool, my CFO at Everpool, how I curated and created an environment that attracted them, that take my businesses to the next level and how I have relationships with my friends and family and kids. Those are the relationships, but you can have all of them if you understand how. And I've spent my lifetime studying this, researching this, focusing on this. And as I mentioned before, you know, I've sold three companies, I've made millions and millions of dollars, and I can tell you 90% of it is attributed to who I know. So if you're not where you want to be, you just don't have the right relationship network and the relationship capital and you're doing it wrong. And so you don't need my book if you know how to do it. But um, I don't need the money from the book. I think I sell the book for like seven bucks or something. I was meaning
1: the book will make you money, like make us money when we read it. That's what I meant. Not making you money. No, I don't need Us money when we read it.
0: I'd rather send it to you all for free. I could care less. And I have a free PDF playbook for millions that will help you with some of this thing you can have for free. Just text the word Jeff to 33777 and we'll send it to you and don't worry. I won't put you in some crazy email chain. I don't have a <laughs> newsletter. I don't have any coaching programs that I'm selling. So um, there's none of that. It's really just, I'm at that stage in life where I really enjoy giving back and I really enjoy helping people. It fills my cup and makes me feel good. And I feel like I'm leaving a better legacy in this world. And so um, if I can help more people, make more friends and have more abundance and create more wealth. And I think if the more wealthy humans that are building cool, great companies, the cool things that I'm going to get to experience, my kids are going to get to experience the world will be a better place.
1: Yeah, I love that. We had your um, your good friend David Meltzer on the podcast too, and he talked a lot about that too. Like, I'm not here to sell you anything. Like, I just want to give more things away for free. And you guys, that's really you wrote what the it's forward about. of my book. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, so if you guys haven't checked out the episode with David Meltzer, it was one of my favorite episodes. So go over check out Jeff's book as well. Jeff, thank you so much for being here today. We will definitely put all of Jeff's information in the show notes. You guys know I share him out all the time. I'm such a big fan. Jeff, I appreciate you. I'm so glad we had the opportunity to meet. I'm so glad you're on the podcast today. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you again for having me. I'm a fan of you. I'm so glad we got to meet as well. And I'm a fan of your show. And for your audience, you're already taking the first step by listening to shows like this. Now you just got to take immediate, decisive action. Implement what you're learning from this episode and all the other ones. Make sure you listen to them all, bookmark it, and take action. Information is only info until you take action.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the sales and social podcast. If today's episode has you fired up and you loved it, could you do me a huge favor and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or take a screenshot and share it on social media. And don't forget to tag your business bestie. And while you're there, connect with me on the gram at the Jillian Murphy. I'm on a mission to change the mindset of sales. I want people to love sales because the reality is sales is the foundation of everything you do. It's how your business generates revenue consistently. So show up and be unapologetic about selling because once you fall in love with selling, babe, sky's the limit. So I'll catch you on the next episode, but until then, feel free to slide into my DMs because I cannot wait to get to know you better.